Welcome to the Bold Money Revolution podcast. This is your source for straight-talking, no-fluff, business and high-performance conversations that add real depth and value to the way bold leaders live, work, and thrive. I'm your host, Tara Newman. I'm here to show you how to optimize your performance as a leader so that you can grow a business that is profit-rich, efficient, and allows you to generate real tangible wealth for yourself and others. We are here to help you lead with your values, to perform without overwhelm and burnout, and to do your most important work in the world. Hey, hey there, bold leaders. Welcome to the Bold Money Revolution podcast, where we help small business owners create significant income, profit wisely, and generate wealth for themselves and others. I know when I talk about this, this sometimes freaks people out who maybe aren't planners and who haven't thought far ahead or who maybe feel like they're not strategic thinkers. But Q4 for me is all about planning for the next year so that when the year gets here, I can relax and pace myself through Q1. There is nothing I hate more than feeling like I'm being slingshot into a new year where everyone else is off in a frenzy. I like to enjoy the shorter days in my fuzzy slippers with a good book because I know exactly what needs to be done and when. It's called planning. And yes, sometimes that plan gets revised. As a matter of fact, most of the time, the plan gets revised during my CEO debrief sessions. But that's the easy part is revising the plan. Creating the plan is what actually takes some work. The first part of a strategic plan is setting your revenue goal and reverse engineering how you are going to get there. This is essentially what strategy is, creating a plan to get you to a future goal. Think about, for all you soccer parents out there, think about being at a kid's soccer game. When my daughter was in fourth or fifth grade, the team would always be where the ball was, a bunch of girls on top of the ball. The result was not much movement or momentum up and down the field, not as many shots taken on goal because they were all kind of clustered in one spot. They always just stayed where the ball was. That's not strategic. Now that they're a few years older, they figured out they need to be where the ball is going, not where it is. The result, more movement and essentially more shots on goal, which leads to more goals. So strategy, go where the ball is going, go where your business is going. If you continue to take action from today, you will get today. So where are you going in life and business? How much money do you need to get there? Think about all the things that you want to be doing in your life, all the ways you want to be spending your money, all the ways maybe you need to be spending your money. And think about what causes you want to support, what extras you want to have, what luxuries you want to bring into your life. What do you need to thrive? And I can say for some of my clients in my mastermind, you know, we were having a call this week and what was really interesting was watching how they have evolved in their revenue and how what earning more money is doing around shifting their thinking. So they've established that they are provided for, that they and their families are provided for. And now they're starting to look outside themselves and say, how I have this wonderful life, I have these amazing things, how can I help other people 
get and have these amazing things who maybe they don't have the funds or maybe they don't have the resources. And where can I be giving back now that I've reached this amazing place in my life? So you're going to want to be thinking about all these things that you want to be doing, the things that are on your bucket list and your dream boards, right? Now, there are a lot of mythical benchmarks floating around in the online space because we're about to start talking about revenue. And what I really want you to hear is that this life that style that you want, this experience you want to have with your family, this giving back that you want to do, that takes some cash. That takes some cash. And I think we really underestimate what it takes to truly have more than enough and to really be able to live without feeling like we have, you know, like maybe somebody is kind of choking us. Now, There are all these mythical benchmarks floating around in the online space, ones that don't exist even in the non-online business space because half my clients are in the online business space and half my clients aren't. So I really want to break everyone free from this line of thinking around 100K as the benchmark or even 1 million as the benchmark. Nothing extraordinary happens when you hit a specific number. Extraordinary things happen when you have more than enough to live the life that you want to live. That's when extraordinary things happen. Not when you hit a specific number. When you can align how you want to feel with what you want to have and then be able to support that financially, that's when extraordinary things happen. And what's more important is that your revenue goal allows you a clear plan to pay yourself well, to profit wisely, and helps you plan for growth. Which is why the 100K benchmark is actually problematic. Now, I remember when I wasn't making $100,000 in my business, and all the talk about that first six figures was very confronting to me. It was talked about in a way that made me feel shameful because I wasn't there yet and annoyed that I wasn't there yet and frustrated that I wasn't there yet. And like, why the hell do we even have to be talking about this number? And what does it even matter? And all the things, right? Like all my emotions around this number weren't helpful or supportive in moving toward a particular number that was right for me, which by the way is way the hell more than 100K. And we're about to talk about that. So maybe you feel this way, not with all the talk in the online business space around 100K, but maybe because we have a new you know, 1 million now that's being thrown out there as the benchmark. And maybe you're feeling that way about that 1 million number. Maybe you're like, well, that number doesn't resonate with me. I don't need that kind of money. I don't want that kind of money. And that's totally cool. There's a really good chance that you don't need that kind of money and that you don't want to make that kind of money. And you can still be a millionaire. You don't have to have a million dollar business revenue to be a millionaire, to have a net worth of a million dollars. And I really need everybody to hear that right now, is that that isn't true. That's not something. It could be that you have a net worth of more than a million dollars over your lifetime, and you've never hit a million dollars in your business. And There are many people who are hitting that million dollar mark who don't actually have profit and aren't able to pay themselves because they don't know how to run a business that is financially responsible and solvent. And so if you're someone who has who has confronting feelings around these numbers, 
who maybe eye roll when people talk about them. I get it, which is exactly why I'm bringing it up. I understand what I'm about to say is going to stir up some things for some of you that you might not like, but you have to hear this. So the 100K goal, the $100,000 a year as a goal sucks in my opinion, and is most likely keeping some of you who are at that level stuck. And I'm going to explain why. Have you ever fallen short of a goal? I know I have. So if you're choosing $100,000 as a goal and fall short by 20%, you'll be at 80%, you'll be at $80,000 in revenue. Then you're going to start a narrative around what it takes to get to $100,000. Well, I guess I wasn't good enough to hit $100,000, so I might as well make that the same goal again for myself this year. Maybe this year I'll finally get to $100,000, that elusive mark in my business. No, don't do this. This is shrinking. And maybe we should eschew the concept of smart goals, especially the part that says our goals have to be realistic, because oftentimes we interpret realistic as safe, which isn't very exciting. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, being realistic is hurting you. And I want you to be unrealistic in your goal setting, especially around your revenue. And we're going to talk more about why I think being unrealistic is more helpful. But first, I want to put this through the profit first lens and why $100,000 as a annual revenue goal isn't serving you. And I have really held off having this conversation because I know a lot of people who are still trying to get to that $100,000 mark. As a matter of fact, uh, the last time I looked at the American Express Women's Small Business uh, Report probably done in, last one I saw was probably done in 2018, and it came out in 2019, there's over 80% of women-owned businesses are under that $100,000 mark. And so I know there are a lot of people here, and here's why this is a poor goal. It's not bad that you're there, but I want you to set your sights bigger. So let's break this down profit first. $100,000. The first thing you do is you take your profit of 5% on $100,000. So that's $5,000. Then you take your CEO pay, which at this rate is 50%. That's $50,000. That's your CEO pay, your take home, $50,000. Alarm bells should be going off right now in your head. This should be your cue to go, Oh, right. $50,000. Okay, fine. Listen, if you're living in an RV, if you're or a tiny home and you don't have kids and you're in the middle of nowhere and you want to live really minimally, I mean like, okay, like you can make this work, right? But why are we trying to make things work? Why don't we just dream a little bigger? Then you got your taxes, which is going to be about $15,000, and your operating expenses for the year is going to be $30,000, and that breaks down to $2,500 in operating expenses. This is where the second alarm bell should be going off. This is not allowing you to get a ton of support in your business. This is not allowing you to develop yourself as a business owner and as a leader. It's just not enough. Right. And like your one oh shit moment away from like seriously oh shit. And this was my biggest aha moment in my business when I started because I was leaving corporate, making well into the six figures. And I'm like, I'm going to replace my income with my business 
income, but never realizing, and some of you might be like, duh, Tara, but like never realizing that six figures in revenue does not equate six figures in salary. So if I wanted to be making what I was making in corporate, I had to be bringing in way more in my business. And that was going to take some time and it was going to take some smarts. And so really what I want you to hear is like this $100,000 number is keeping you stuck. Because let's look at what does bring in six figures in salary. Can we all just take a sigh of relief now and just like six figures in salary, right? Like, listen, I worked in corporate. I worked so damn hard for those six figures. I worked so hard to get a 3% increase. I don't want to perpetuate that in my business. I give myself the most amazing, generous raises, and I thank God every day that I started this business that I don't have to bust my ass and suck up to jerks for 3%, a measly 3%. And let me tell you, without fail, my boss, she was a woman, but my boss, probably about a month before our performance appraisals were due and we were about to get our merit increases, I noticed that she would just start dinging me. Like nothing I did was good enough. Nothing I did was right. And we would sit down for my performance appraisal. And next thing you know, right, it was all the things that she had said in the last month justifying why she couldn't give me more than 3% or sometimes maybe even less, she would give me less than 3%. And I was a high performer. I was one of her top performing people. I was one of the highest positions in her department. But she never wanted to go to bat for any of us. And she never wanted to go and prove. She was no RBG, ladies and gents. Let's just say that. I didn't mean to gender you all. She was, she was no RBG. She wasn't fighting for anybody. She was just, you know, doing the best she could with that paltry merit budget that she had. And I refuse to operate that way in my business, with myself, with my contractors or anything. And that's really what fuels this for me. So that was a tiny Tara rant. I'll tell you what else she did just for funsies. I'll tell you what else. So uh, we had a daycare center that was across the street from work, from our work. And so I would drag my kids in with me every morning, drop them off. And then I'd rush to get to my desk on time at 8 a.m. She would always be waiting for me at 8 a.m., like looking at her watch and looking at my desk and looking at her watch and looking at my desk. It was super stressful with her clipboard. And one day my son was sick and I got a call from the daycare and you have to get there within an hour to pick the kid up, right? I think we're all familiar with how daycare works. And I went into her office and I was like, hey, I've got a sick kid. I'm just going to wrap up some stuff here. And I had a laptop. I can work from home. I'm going to wrap up some stuff here. I'm going to get him. And then I'm going to get myself situated. And I'll work the afternoon from home. There's, oh, wait, wait. She says to me, oh, wait, wait. Before you go, sit down. I'm going to do your performance appraisal now. I mean, like, what? I just got a call. My kid is probably having, like, vicious vomiting and diarrhea. Sorry. And she wants to sit down with me and have a conversation about my year-long's performance where she's going to try and, you know, bamboozle me out of my 3%. This is the craziness. We're, We're not doing this anymore, right? And so I want everybody to have that juicy six figure plus salary. And here's what it's going to take to get there. 
Let's look at the difference between you just had me say, if you jot, maybe you jotted it down, hit rewind, go back, jot those numbers down for 100,000. Now we're going to go into 250, $250,000 in revenue. Here you go. Same percentages. 5% profit is now 12,500 instead of 5,000. CEO pay is now $125,000 instead of $50,000. Whoa. Whoa, right? Huge difference. Taxes go up, of course, to 37,500 and OPEX, this is another one, $75,000 instead of the $30,000. Now, what this does in OPEX, your operating expenses as per profit first, this gives you $6,250 per month. Now you start to have growth capital. Now you can do some investing in marketing and team, right? This is a completely different perspective. So this profit of 12500 can help you pay down debt if you have it, or put it toward a vacation, or home improvements, or buying a home. These are all things that my clients have done with their profit in their businesses in the last six months. Your CEO pay gives you more than enough that if you have, especially if you have a secondary income coming into the home, whether you have other investments, or you have a partner, or, or whatever, this is more now more than enough. This gives you money to invest in your net worth and social causes that are important to you. Now we're actually starting to get somewhere. And if you fall short of this goal, you're still way further along than falling short of a small goal. When you have a $100,000 a year goal, you plan for $100,000. When you have, and you may fall short, and when you have a $250,000 goal, you're going to go out there and plan for much a much different business. So do yourself a favor when you're sitting down to map out your vision and goals. I want you to think way freaking bigger. Same goes for you if you're setting a 500,000 goal, but really want to go for the million, right? Like I see this a lot too at this level, because this is really the level where my mastermind clients and my one-on-one clients are playing. Some of them, I should say, my mastermind clients and some of my one-on-one clients. So you know, they're setting this, if you set this $500,000 goal, but really want to go for a million, think bigger, set the million dollar goal, get yourself excited about that. Step into that. Cause when you set the goal that stretches you to develop a plan for what you really want, right? Like this is going to help you set the goal that stretches you to think differently about your business. All of a sudden, it's not how do I get to 100,000, it's how do I get to 250,000? And that's a much different conversation. Same between 500,000 and a million. You know, I always say that people should not follow what I do in my business. So I help my clients build the businesses they want. Do not follow what I do in my business. I do very risky shit. And the reason why I do that is because I have a goal of multiple millions. So from day one, I knew this was a multiple million dollar business. So the investments that I was making, the things that I was doing, were the things I was planning were for multiple millions. 
right? But you have to plan for what's the right size business for you and set a goal that stretches you to become the person who hits that goal. Stretch yourself to get creative and think outside the box. Now, I hear people talk about, right, we're talking about vision, we're talking about thinking bigger, and I I know people get really stuck in the how, and then they start saying, I have to release the how, when they're setting the vision. So before I wind down this episode, I want to talk about this like complimentary thing that comes up around the how. So cast your vision big. Yes. Think three to five down, years down the road. Yes. Don't worry about how the vision casting, don't worry about the how in the vision casting stage. Yes, that's correct. Right? So I've got a vision of multiple millions, when I'm sitting there and creating this vision and really embodying it and visualizing it and seeing myself doing the things that multiple million dollar Tara does, I'm not worrying about how. This is a creative exercise. I want to be in creation. I don't want to be in planning or doing, right? And I do things to get me outside of my normal space and I do this with my coach and they really push me to think bigger and it's amazing. But you do at some point need to consider how. And here's when to start thinking about the how. So first comes the what. That's your vision. What are you thinking about? What are you going to be achieving? What? That's your vision. Then comes why. Your reasons for this vision. Make them good because this will keep you going when it gets hard. This will keep you going when it's taking you maybe a few years or longer than you thought to reach that vision and ultimately that goal. Third is how. Once you get the what and the why, then you can start thinking about the how. How is where you reverse engineer the goal and get it down on paper. So you're going to envision the life you want to have. You want to envision how you're showing up in this life. You want to think about maybe the places that you're traveling, the things you're doing on your house. I don't know about anybody else, but we over here at the Newman Nest are doing a ton of work on our home because we haven't gone anywhere. And every weekend, my husband is super handy. He is just putting things in place, taking on little projects, all that jazz. It's wonderful. We've got some bigger projects that we've planned. So really like, right, this vision of what our home looks like, of what our life looks like, around how we want to be with our children, around the charities and social causes. But then why? Why is that important to me? Why is it important for me to give back? Why is it important to me to have my home a certain way? Why is it important to me that I go and experience certain things and go to certain places? Okay, what, why? Now I can start thinking about how. How is this going to happen? Now I can start brainstorming and free-flowing ideas around how. So to recap this episode... By the way, this is way longer than I thought it was going to be because I started telling stories and ranting. So to recap this episode, the first step is setting your revenue goal. When you set your revenue goal, think about what things truly cost in your life and business. Actually, I'm going to back up. Step one is having that vision, right? Having that vision. Then the next step is your revenue goal. When you set the revenue goal, think about what things truly cost in your life and business. Think bigger so you can take bigger action. This doesn't mean a lot of action. This doesn't mean all the doing. This means taking your boldest actions, moving your biggest rocks, being at maximum efficiency with your effort. 
If you've found this podcast valuable, help us develop more bold leaders in the world by sharing this episode with your friends, colleagues, and other bold leaders. Also, if you haven't done so already, please leave a review. I consider reviews like podcast currency, and it's the one thing you can do to help us out here at the Bold Leadership Revolution HQ. We would be so grateful for it. Special thanks goes to Stacey Harris from Uncommonly More, who is the producer and editor of this podcast. Go check them out for all your digital marketing and content creation needs. Be sure to tune into the next episode to help you embrace your ambition and leave the grind behind. Bye.